One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to the Crown Jewel Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Joined by another one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamplet from What Culture, to review this weekend's premium live event, Crown Jewel. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Hmm. Where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. Video quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Crown Jewel, another sensational Saudi sports washing show. Oh God, you you knew I wouldn't go in as hard on you, Cedric Wood, for that, didn't you? I <laughs> yeah. think you knew what you were doing. I'm going to start this with a plug, but it's a plug with a point. Oh. Um, it's Monday as we record this, and typically we've gotten into a nice routine of doing a live Q&A on our new, still fairly new, YouTube channel. Still good. It's, it's still good. It really is still good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't just a vehicle to plug a live show, because why would we need that? We saw that mother out. Yeah. But um, I typically we do a Q&A on a Monday. We're not doing that this week. No. Um, and if you, listen to, if you listen to this, it would probably have already taken place anyway. Instead, a video will be going up, hopefully, that we're all very proud of, which was a, a long-form discussion into uh, the state of AEW currently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, between the end of last week's Dynamite and the announcement of Ric Flair getting signed, a lot of fans all at the same time started feeling certain feelings. So we tried to capture that mm-hmm. on Friday. It's going to go out today. I really, really encourage people to listen to it. It's a piece of work. As soon as like the mics went off, we were all quite proud of it. And mm-hmm. like, I hope you enjoy it too. Thank uh, you to everyone because it went out as an audio podcast yesterday. Thank you to everyone oh, who's, the audio's out there. Right. I didn't who's even know, already sorry. sent us uh, lovely comments regarding this because I think, and I'm anticipating later on today, that video to get screenshotted by people saying, oh, God, typical what culture, WWE shields burying AEW. And honestly, it may have a sensational title because we're in the content game. Mm. But regardless of whether you're a WWE fan, AEW fan, you know, sort of casual, whatever, give it a watch, give it a chance because we have to give it a big title Mm because people click on it and da-da-da. But... I think it comes from a good place. I think so. I was very, very happy with it. Um, and I say all that to, I didn't even realize it was audio. That's great. Like people can already listen. So uh-huh. maybe they've already listened to that. Yeah. I say all that because, because of that conversation where kind of, we certainly felt in our various bubble and I'm sure some of the people listening did too. It was only all the more bizarre that there were, it was the week of a WWE Saudi Arabia show. Mm. Like, and that kind of, Typically, WWE would try and use whatever dark forces they could to move conversation away from the fact that they are once again in Saudi Arabia on one of these, you know, billion-dollar blood money events. And yet, the rest—I read something on Twitter over the weekend. It was like 
This has earned them in one night more than four WrestleManias combined or something. Uh, wouldn't question $50 that. $50 million yeah, or whatever it is. That's, yeah. that's every single one of these now until the end, deal ends in 2028 and you would imagine that it'll get renewed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So just, I don't know. It was I thought it was interesting that of all the weeks specifically where the conversation was definitely around like short form is AW finish. <laughs> it was a week where typically the run-up to one of these crown jewels or these whatever they are would be right yet yeah, like time to try if you can as a wrestling fan to just have that tiny last little bit of energy you've got <laughs> to see everything that is wrong with this show uh from a socioeconomic point of view and instead they were just given this week to, Free be, pass, to be ignored yeah. and it just happens and i'm only saying that now because I, like we're aware of like the hypocrisy of covering these shows and I think this is how sports watching works is that gradually you get ground down yeah. by things and it just becomes normalised and everything becomes normalised you've only got the energy for so much of the own battles that we're all fighting in our own daily lives so it's just to say that basically I think there was like less conversation than normal in wrestling circles because of all the chat around AEW the show as a result in the build up kind of snuck through mm-hmm. I guess and and this is always going to be a problem as long as WWE is hot these events mattering as much as they do canonically uh have have been more effective as a sports washing tool than just doing silly big banter matches or putting your favorite legends on well not your favorite legends but dx and the brothers <laughs> of destruction like they are far more effective when they matter to the week to yeah. week than not especially under the reign of triple h because even if you tried to make them matter with weekly television of vince mcmahon Nothing mattered on weekly television under <laughs> Vince Man. Fundamentally, you weren't you were instructed to care about anything lest it be taken away from you. What we saw here had consequences. So we're going to talk about the storylines and the you know the matches that had ramifications. And I think there was a match on here that was one of WWE's best of the year. Yeah. And I simply don't think it is one of the best of the year without everything we've seen in the build up to it. I think it was integral to the quality of the overall of the, of the match itself. You know, I say match. It was a missed TV segment, but you. <laughs> You no, it's the opener. You don't get a, a match of that high standard without the television kind of fooling you into caring. Mm. Um, well, talk about it imminently, I guess. But yeah, like this is where we're at with these Saudi shows now. They are as much a geographically situational B show as a backlash or a what's the one coming up next year? Bash in Berlin or whatever mm-hmm. it is. They're those just with a really hideous undercurrent. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that opening then. Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I have praised WWE's production department a lot recently, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's fair that I should bury them for the big Drew McIntyre. Ooh! Moment being completely missed. Yeah. Nice one. Like, like they shared it like... I'm watching. Yeah. You cut to the crowd and Seth, I think, and then you cut back and he was already stood there. It was an edge. He must have known it was coming. An edge 2020 rumble cut, that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Imagine the ref going, you're going to have to do it again. <laughs> doing it again. Uh, yeah, this was, was absolutely brilliant, this match between the two. And like you say, informed by what has come before, mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, you know, ostensibly still a good guy, but also realised that his opponent's back is buggered. And will he ever take pity on him yeah. as a result of that? Um, and Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, where are my manners? I should get credit as well. Played his part in it fantastically. Some great near falls oh. throughout. Oh, my God. Amazing back and forth action. 
Uh, Drew kicked out of the stomp, which mm-hmm. got an amazing reaction. Uh, and then there was the bit where Seth went for the... F- I'm not going to go through like play-by-play all these matches because okay. th- with it being a Saturday show, yeah, and, yeah. and people have watched it. Um, Seth went for a Phoenix Splash, rolled through, turned around, and had his goddamn head taken oh, off man. by a Claymore. Uh, the finish was counter-counter. Uh, Drew goes for his Claymore, but gets... Misses it, turns as he's turned around to get up, he gets pedigreed by Seth, another stomp, one, two, three. We'll talk about the post-match in a second. Um, but as a catalyst for, well, we'll talk about what's about to come potentially for Drew on the Raw preview. Mm. I don't think you could have asked for much more from this. No, this was flawless. Um, <sighs> Drew McIntyre's character, for those that maybe are tuning in, pay-per-view by a premium live event by a premium live event, or at the reviews in the same way he's a guy that uh, has got all of these very rational and very reasonable excuses lined up but their excuses all the same yeah um and he believes himself to be righteous and indeed right for all of the things that have gone wrong in his career and he wasn't at fault for this and he wasn't at fault for this and he's taken great umbrage with Jey Uso being received as a babyface when he was one of the many in the bloodline that screwed him and screwed other people and Drew McIntyre is basically He's living that life for the moment. He's like, am I the only sane one? Mm-hmm. And gradually, as a result, it's sending him crazy. You've seen that trope play out time and time again, and it's always successful. And to be able to watch it folded into a match, just with the elegance that I didn't see coming, mm-hmm. um, Rhea Ripley, on behalf of the Judgment Day, basically offered their services to, well, ostensibly offered the services to both Drew and Seth. We've seen background conversations with Drew McIntyre. They were upfront about it with Seth. Seth being the babyface turned it down, but Drew McIntyre, a man that now longer has any trust or honour, was questioning that, and he said, I know you've said you turned it down, I just do not believe you. Yeah. And then Seth can counter with, well, I saw you talking as well. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. And Drew McIntyre was trying to say, well, I'm the man with honour. So this match kind of had to take place under those... Uh, there was a cloud hanging over it, but it had to take place honourably. Otherwise, one man reveals that they were lying and one man reveals that they have taken the shortcut. And we were kind of, we knew it wasn't going to be Seth. So Seth works this babyface um, style with the confidence of somebody that hasn't sold out to the Judgment Day, whereas we don't know that about Drew. Mm. Drew targeting Seth's back, yet again, this new weak spot, this glaring red spot that Seth Rollins has. And Michael Cole doing the job of several men, one of which should be Seth Rollins, explaining that one of the reasons Seth doesn't necessarily think about his back pain when going for certain moves, a.k.a. sell it effectively, <laughs> is that his adrenaline gets the better of him. Yeah. And apparently that's something that Seth's explained before, like, oh, I'll feel it afterwards, but in the moment I'm just too fired up. And it's like, you know what, I'll buy that. Like, it turns out for the last six, seven years you've been selling very effectively. You've just had a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> Fine, I'll take it for the benefit of this match because where it fits in this match is that Seth is going to be an honourable babyface at the end and get it done the right way. He has to get it done the right way because for the first time ever... Drew McIntyre does not have an argument. There, this was as clean as a sheet, as clean as a whistle, and as sharp as a thistle. There you go, Drew. Yeah. Like there, you cannot have any kind of complaint over this. You have failed on your own terms and your own terms alone. And we will touch on the post match in a second. But that second claim, or oh my god, Drew McIntyre's matches of late have featured these little details where he doesn't so much as cheat as he does give up on being a babyface. Yeah. You think at the time that he pulled Kofi Kingston back into me, he was like, no, we're having a match, mate, you're done. Uh, this one here was, he still does the one, two, three, four for the first Claymore that doesn't get him the victory. But the second one is just an opportunistic, ah, oh, you've missed your big move, I'm going to have this now. Yeah. Like he is, that's not a heel trait, that's just being opportunistic. That's just 
like sneaking in the gap when one is afforded to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just been, for WWE, so gracefully laid out. And so much so, they had me on a two count for a toy belt. Yeah. Like, what they did here was make you think Drew needs this. And by doing that, they have subconsciously elevated the World Heavyweight title. Mm -hmm. Because if Drew wins that belt, in his mind, he's had vindication. And for months and months and months and months, it's like, that belt doesn't mean anything. But if you're there left in a split second thinking, oh, Drew's going to get this pin and he's going to win the title and he's going to be vindicated, well, then you've just sold me that this belt means something. Holy hell, how did you do yeah. that? Like, so much has gone on over the course of this mini-feud in ways, frankly, just that remind you that ultimately Seth and Nakamura was kind of insignificant. Mm. One of the reasons that never lived up to the billing, other than maybe for some people in that last no-holds-barred match, was because even if Nakamura wins... And he's like, yeah, he's put Seth down and out. What are we fighting for? Never once did I think, oh, Nakamura could win this. And then look, he's done it. He's become the world champion after all. I felt it for Drew yeah. here. And I just never would have imagined. Like, it's a bit like we talked when me and Sidge had that good bruise bet over Cody Rhodes when this belt first got introduced. You looked at that belt and you were like, Cody can't win that. No. Cody shouldn't really even want to fight for it, but he definitely can't win it. He has to win the WWE title first. Mm. Otherwise, you're just straight up lying to us. That's kind of the same with Drew. And yet they just fooled you otherwise. Brilliant. And he can't get near it again now. So the prize has been elevated because, like, you know, I know we don't have rankings in WWE, but theoretically that was Drew's shot and he blew it, right? Mm. So now, if he wants that title again, to fight his way back there is only going to elevate that title even more so. Or he has to accept his demons, sort of, because there was something later on. Well, I'll talk about it now, actually, and then yeah. we'll circle back to Damien mm -hmm. Priest because... Uh, there was a bit backstage, Drew's like, bloody hell, bloody lost. Yep. And then Rhea Ripley walks in just before she's about to have her match. And all she does is shrug. And you know what I hear when I in when she shrugs? All I hear is, out of time. Shrug <laughs> me. Yeah. I was like, judgment day and broken dreams. Oh, my God. We're in a broken dreams. Indeed. <laughs> I, I love this little backstage bit between them. Like, the Rhea shrug was so great. Uh, she, for those that haven't seen it, she just sort of, like, she does just shrug as if to say, oh, had your chance. And again, like... Hit the I told you so. Drew McIntyre, now, having failed without any excuses, will probably look at the Judgment Day, not differently, but, uh, right, well, what he's going to do, Drew, is going to be like... Well, everybody's doing it, so I might as well. Mm. So that's a real quiz, isn't it? Like, he's going to just he's going to start cheating, but he's going to justify it. And now we can sort of firmly say, now you've lost your high ground, Drew. You've lost your moral high ground, and let's watch that play out. Mm. So, so I thought this was just superb match, like a superb match. Top tier WWE PLE match, but really great storytelling. Not to spoil our Raw preview, mm. but there are two matches, one of which I could not care less about okay. on Raw tonight. That's it. Got a four-way to determine who faces Gunther. Into that. Excited okay. for that. And Shinsuke versus Akira Tozawa. All right, okay. So, <laughs> it's going to take a lot to make me excited for Raw tonight. But this has made me very excited yeah. to see what happens with Monday Night Raw. Um, and I should say, yeah, post-match, Drew's gutted. Seth's like, what, he just got away with that one? <laughs> Again. Yeah. Out comes Damien Priest. And I will say, when this opened the show, I went, oh, you've ruined it. There's no cash in now, is there? Mm -hmm. What's the point? And then all of a sudden, I went... Oh my god! 
I was like, oh, Damien Priest is going to do it, cash in, and then Cody's still going to win this belt? Yeah, that was weird. I was, uh, I got quite nervous because they had me. They had me on like, ah, oh, Damien Priest is winning. And then my brain went to, oh, Jesus Christ, they're going to make a title match. And, and, and the graphic, I don't even want to see the graphic. No, 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 yeah. yeah. But Damien Priest walks down. He's ready to cash in. He's got a referee with him. He's given him the briefcase. And suddenly a hooded figure attacks. Mm-hmm. Who is it? A huge pub. He's massively over. You watched it on the kickoff show. It's Sami Zayn who posts Priest and then legs it with the briefcase. And there we go. So stolen briefcase tonight goes into Raw. Uh, Sami Zayn isn't dumb as a babyface, and he knows that uh, he can't use that contract for a cash in of his own. Oh my God, I saw some absolute idiots on Twitter saying, maybe he's going to cash in in the main event. And I was like, I mean, you're on shaky ground anyway with the briefcase, (laughs) right? Because why would you compete for it in this horrific ladder match if you can just be the Miz and go put it on the line? And I'll mm-hmm. just win it off you, Otis. But if you could just steal it... Then what are we doing? Then, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I like this because, again, Sami Zayn's recent promos on Raw have been about, right, I'm all by myself, and I've realised that I've still got that taste for gold. I still want to be world champion. I think I can. Uh, Damien Priest, with the Money in the Bank briefcase, is quite a sizable obstacle in the way of that. So not only is he messing with the Judgment Day as part of the ongoing run into War Games, he's now saying, well, look, you can't take the shortcut. I'm not going to. Like, I'm not, I can't use this, but it doesn't mean I'm going to let you mm. use it. I like that too. Just got a great reaction, obviously, as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I loved that as a development. And, uh, obviously, the reaction it got was was just bonkers. Um, and then we got the uh, the five-way for the Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley defending against Nia Jax, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, and Zoe Stark. Uh, and Rhea Ripley got her own special, like, Saudi mm. entrance. Yeah. I think... I expected more when loads of people kept coming out. I thought it was going to be like a big pyro thing. or a Yeah. Thing. It wasn't, but it was actually big when you take a step back and consider it because it was basically a load of men in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia lining up to effectively acknowledge Rhea Ripley. That's big. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd never really thought about it like that, I suppose. I just thought they were going for the... The pomp and circumstance of it, you know, like hmm. a, a big, like that kind of, you know, like WrestleMania season comes around and you're like, who's getting the big entrances? Hmm. I guess like you can apply that a little bit and we've got another coming up on the show. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know, like who gets the big entrances on, on these shows? And I just thought of it like that, but yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, great match, so load of fun. It, this was the best. What did I think of this? I still don't know. Best version of this match. Best version of itself. It had no psychology. Um, Look, the audience was weird on this show, right? And this feels like the right time to talk about it. The fans came up for huge stars and big moves. Yes. And not much else outside of the opener, which kind of gave you a bit of everything. Mm. Because, like, you know, Seth Rollins, people love that song. Drew McIntyre is a former WWE champion in the match, absolutely owned. But as a result, this got way more energy in the building than Io and Bianca later on when they were having what you would objectively classify as a better match. Yes. Like, this was, this just did not stop. This was a very rote WWE, uh, what is it? Is five the magic number? Five and above? Yeah. Like we cracked a few years ago? Yeah. Like, there's never not something going on. You have a minimum of one monster that needs to be disposed of, and then you try and come up with the best, almost effective stacking them up spots, and they nailed it for the finish. So, like... And prior to that, Shayna Baszler had three simultaneous submissions going on. Like, there was... Oh, my God. A lot of multi-person spot stuff, which... 
I just remember the Zoe Stark crossbody with the camera I'm falling over. Oh my yeah. Like just <laughs> but the, but this is kind of what we praised about like the division is that there was a, a chaotic element to this that the booking of the raw women's division over around this title has featured lately. So I didn't love it, but it was absolutely the best version mm. of itself. And the finish, Jesus Christ. So yeah, the finish is Raquel Rodriguez, Tejana Bombs, Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And then... She's out of it completely, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's gone, Nia. Then you get a top rope riptide yep. by Rhea mm-hmm. on Zoe Stark yep. onto Raquel Rodriguez, who's trying to pin Shayna Baszler. Correct. And then Rhea pin Shayna to right. retain. The pile of bodies have basically oh. fallen on top of oh Shayna. So Shayna's down and out. It protected Nia Jax, which I think is effective because you probably want to get to that singles match between Rhea and Nia. I think Rhea wins, but you want to get to that anyway. There's mm-hmm. probably a big TV main event in that, maybe. Um, I just thought this was really effective. I, like, I've got very little say. The exchange of spots, there was only really, I would say, a couple, like, Shayna's submissions and then the finish that felt like creative. Mm. But it was, it just moved. It just had, like, that nonstop energy, and it kept the fans with it. And, I like, I don't know that you could ask for much more out of this. I don't, I can't make my mind up on Rhea's title reign. Like the big defenses feel, but she's massive. She's a megastar. I want her to keep that belt to WrestleMania to mm-hmm. possibly lose it to Becky Lynch. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a massive match. But or Jade or Jade, yeah. But or Charlotte Flair. Well, yeah, you can never rule it out. But then the match is probably absolutely slap because the last one did. Hey, exactly. So, um, I but I just I'm not. I don't ever really feel like she's under threat. Mm. That's my big complaint. Like they're not sells brilliantly though. She does. Well, but it's like that Brock Lesnar thing, isn't it? Like you have somebody that's just such a monster that monsters people that when they themselves get rocked, it's kind of captivating to watch. And she's at long last, like they've booked her. She's already been one of the bigger women in the division physically, but she's gone from being like, what, nearly six foot tall to being a hundred foot tall. Mm. And it's how she should have been presented all along. The, the sort of crying into her defeat, lost to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 36, looks like a different wrestler. Oh, God, yeah. Um... Speaking of monsters, mm. I'll, I'll be honest, I've made three notes for this match okay. that came next. It was a 16-minute match mm-hmm. that was a prolonged squash yeah. for me. It was John Cena, mm-hmm. right, versus Solo Sokoa. Yep. And John Cena's dead. Well. He's con- he contemplated retirement, they teased, after this. Yep. Because he got destroyed. He hit a choke slam. He did. That was fun. It's kind of like a like a Uranagi come choke slam thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like it looked good, looked fun. But effectively, Solo Sokoa went, "Come on, old man." Mm-hmm. He just wrecked him, and then you'd already seen him previously on SmackDown at the Power of the Samoan Spike. How about a thousand of them? Yeah. How about a thousand Samoan spikes? And not like a oh, I've hit him with one Samoan spike and he's kicked out. I'll just put him down forever. And he beat him. He destroyed him. He dominated him. Solo Sokoa, having lost relatively recently, looks like the most terrifying man in the bloodline. Can I review this match through the voice of my eight-year-old son, uh, Josh? He has not featured on a podcast before, but his older brother, Charlie, has. Yeah. Um, 
So he isn't here to review this today, but I couldn't watch this live on Saturday, which would have aired at like a normal time in the UK. God forbid that normal actually, time. Uh, re- <laughs> normal time for a normal drink. Uh, wrestling airs at a decent time over here. Now I'm not into that. I want cereal at one in the morning. So, but yeah, we had, we were busy. It was like Seven p.m. I was watching this this match effectively. Right. Yeah. So like we had like we had some. Fam- I texted you, wasn't I? Oh my god, I forgot. Oh my god. Bloody Imagine Dragons is part of the opening video and ripped my cock off. Well, I realised that you were watching. I was like, oh, please, no spoilers, because I was going to have to watch later. And, uh, yeah, so we'd been out, a bit of a family thing on the on the weekend, and it's like you know, kids spying opportunity to stay up a little bit later. Uh-huh. And I, st- I stuck the show on, and they're just playing quietly. Uh, now, uh, is it like nine, half nine? And mum and dad haven't asked us to go to bed yet, because the in-laws and all this sort of stuff, and they realise they're getting away with it. And then it, the first point, I've gone like, right, it's time to get your pajamas on. It's going to be getting off bedtime, and they know what they're doing. Mm. Little creeps, like, what's dad? Why is dad suddenly not that engaged in the uh, family conversation? What's he watching on his phone there? Yeah. He's watching Crown Jewel, kids. Like, Where so, are the Ferrero Rocher? You know. <laughs> so I've got. Um, I'm just asking questions. So I've got uh, uh, Crown Jewel on my phone, off to the right hand side. And uh, I'm not needed for the chat that's being had, mm. so I'm just like, uh, it's John Cena and Solo Sakura, and it's live. You're up the jewel as well, and, and it's live, and it's. Uh, I'm thinking I could take that jewel, and uh, I Josh sort of creeps over to me, so he buys himself an extra half an hour. Well played. And he's watching this match, and he's just really quietly observing. And then he asked me about Solo Sakura, and he said, "Has he hurt his thumb?" <gasps> I was like, "No, he wraps that because it's like it's his big weapon." He does something called the Samoan spike, and I pretend to like, imagine that, like, and you throw ah, and he goes, oh, that'd be sore. And then obviously this match plays out. I was like, well, that couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. So we're watching this match, and like, the, you keep getting all the kickouts to John Cena and Solo Sakura, and he's like, he's he's kind of received John Cena as the baby face at this point. Charlie's gone in, and Charlie's looked at Solo and gone, I'm him, because he say he wants to. How <laughs> well played, Charlie? Wants to win the theoretical match between the two of them at this point. Uh, and they go, who do you think who do you think is going to win, Dad? I said, I don't know, but I kind of I'm pointing at John saying, I think he might get he might get it done, and then one after another, and it like he hits him with the first one, mm. he kind of he doesn't. There's no ceremony to it, is there? He just it's like out of nowhere. Isn't yeah, it? he does the out of nowhere spike, and uh, like Josh, my youngest, goes, ah, oh, like that's his hardest move, isn't it? Yeah, and then obviously just picks him up and continues to do it and continues to do it. And he goes... It's like me playing SmackDown versus Raw back in the day. And like... I've got six finishers. I think I'll use them all, actually. I'd, I'd, my kids don't love wrestling. It's just this thing that Dad, like, talks about for work. So I've smartened him up. <laughs> I've yeah. just said, oh, they don't really hurt each other. And then he goes to me, I thought you said you don't really hurt each other. <laughs> and I said, oh, they don't, they don't. And he said, well, he looked like it was there. I was like, well, that's kind of the point, son. Come and sit with me. Let's watch more. This is Brett. Am I not? Where are you going? Like, they're right. You're going to bed. Like, so yeah. he, he lost it. But in the moment, he was just he ruined it. <laughs> scared. He was scared of Solo Sokoa, right? An eight-year-old child, as as like as it used to be and as it probably should be, was terrified of what Solo Sokoa was doing with his thumb to John Cena. And I just want to use that anecdote to like put across how effective... I think this was to a generation of people that have never seen a character like Solo Sokoa before. We talked in the preview about how like it's probably best to measure your expectations. Solo can't go like Umaga. It just happens that John Cena has this legendary bout with the mm. big Samoan guy. Don't expect that. Uh, so what you got was something totally different. For those that didn't see SmackDown, I can understand why you might have missed it because it was taped and there was a big PLE coming on the Saturday. John Cena basically sold the impact of the spike as, yeah, it put me down, but all it's done is given me a bad throw and I can still cook you in 90 seconds or something like that. And he cut this really great point. Why you cut it like this? It sounded like me after I'd been to a Cribs gig, basically. But the point was, it's just a move. Like, I'm John Cena. Yeah. I never give up. 
I, I won't even give up this promo time. I will still, like, talk you out of the ring now, even though I can't fight you out of it tonight because of my sore throat. Mm. It's going to, like, it's a finisher, but you ever seen a John Cena match before? <laughs> yeah. It's going to take more it's of a Scott thing. It was like a way to shoot on the situation yeah. without really shooting. Like, your Simone Spike is scary, but it doesn't scare me. And it's like, how would 50 go? Like, 50 would scare you, 50 would put you down, 50 would put you out. And it wasn't just the, oh, the shock of the first one, the, like, deliberate pace of the second and the third one. It was the malicious, like, spike, 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 spike. You're watching the guy die. It was as committed a performance that John Cena put in to put somebody over since the Brock Lesnar suplex match. Mm. Like, when that was basically part two of the, like, part one is the end of streak, part two is that he absolutely destroys John Cena. Triple H broke him. We can fix. We can rebuild. Part three question mark. <laughs> we can rebuild. Like this was a very very fitting sequel to that. Uh, I believe it was Ibu, friend of the podcast of hey. WrestlePurists, who made this point on X. But I apologise if somebody else had this. Ibu is a good take. Have a so would have had it too. This was uh, in such stark contrast to, to the Austin Theory yes. match that you have to think that John Cena thought that Austin Theory wasn't worth <laughs> on his shoe because like. <laughs> That was a match in which John Cena lost. This was a match in which Solo Sokoa was putting all the way over for whatever's yeah. to come with the bloodline between now and WrestleMania, which might include a John Cena rematch. You could probably go again at WrestleMania. Retirement match. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, what if, like he's still not won a singles match. Win or retire for John Cena at WrestleMania. Big, it's big stuff. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. So how do you follow that? The kids are loving it. The crowd's loving it. The fans are loving it. Looks like it's time for Miss TV. Oh, no. <laughs> I turned into Michael Sidgwick. They were like, here's Miz for Miz TV. And I was like, what? No, there's there's still, what, four matches left to go. You turn up in Saudi Arabia with the full Miz TV set, and you're asking yourself, what are you doing here? So, uh, not really a lot to say here. It popped me. He brought out 
Ibrahim Al Hajjaj, yeah. I believe is his name. Most famous comedy actor in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yep. And got a great reaction because, of course, mm-hmm. um, Grayson Waller came out and said, well, your bloody talk show is my bloody talk show. Ibrahim uh, was more of a fan of Miss TV. The um, staff weren't because as soon as Grayson Waller said, we're doing bloody Grayson Waller effect, they went, oh, cool, change the set. Turn it around. Change the set. Turn it around. Um, and it effectively... We've never seen this actor, by the way. No. But, uh, yeah, we'll go on. I don't know if you, uh, you know your good friend Wade Barrett. Mm. He'd been hanging out with him the night before. He was kind of the last guy to hang around with him. And he said his sides were splitting like he was with Dave Chappelle himself. I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to touch that comparison, quite honestly. <laughs> but if you didn't know he was funny, let me tell you. Like, if there's one thing funnier than actual comedy being delivered in the uh-huh, room, of which yeah. there was none, it's somebody telling you that he's really funny. Yeah. Um, it was like Wade had sent a five-star review with the podcast but didn't provide the proof. Uh, we need the proof. And where is it? It's in this Miss TV segment. I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, uh, uh, Grayson Waller got... Uh, Ibrahim was on the uh, apron. He got kicked in the head. He hit two people's elbows. Yep. Uh, and there was a... Is it his finish? School crushing finale on Grayson Waller as well. And that was about half an hour. Hey, man, he ran those ropes and he lasted longer than Shane McMahon. So, sign him up. So, I'm sat there going, oh, no. The, the pay-per-view's gone completely... Pre-LE's gone completely off the rails. Mm. Who can possibly bring it back? Logan Paul! It's Logan Paul time! Logan for life, baby! Because you're like, oh no, well, you can't just have Logan Paul come out. Um, how about he's driving in the desert in his little car? <laughs> he's stupid gurning face at the <laughs> I <laughs> love that man. And not just because he makes a delicious drink. Oh, what a dick. I hate him. And Except it's effective. Did, I hate did, did him. Did catch the bits part of his entrance as well? There's another reason. Because I can watch it at normal, normal speed yeah. at normal time as well. See what he said on his entrance. He was like... <laughs> You know our classic. Oh God, yeah. What was this? I've written. I, it, didn't I write wrote it down. Of course, I wrote it down. I didn't write it down. I remember thinking of you. Greatest of all time. <laughs> More like greatest of all prime. Oh my God. Shut it down there. Bring the jewel down. Give it to. Give it to Logan Paul. Greatest of all prime. Logan Paul's the best. Oh, Logan Paul's the absolute best. He might have a few skeletons in his closet <laughs> outside of the ring, yeah. but. What wrestlers don't, let's be honest. This is true. Um, He's a natural. He should be a world champion one day in my eyes, genuinely. I'm not even just saying that now because they could be like, oh, get some attention. The little toy belt, give that to him at some point. Yeah. Don't give him the, you know, it's not. <laughs> come, on. Hey, come on. We've all had a, we've all, oh, a drink. We're prime. He channeled the ultimate warrior at one point. Yeah. He hits the best bookshot Larry in wrestling. Hang on. And I mean... <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? And did I mention he saved Rey Mysterio's life? Look, this was not good, I don't think. It was great, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, pack your bags, because you're going to WrestleMania, buddy. I've got some bad news for you. It's raining in Dublin. Well, Judge's house is going to Louis Walsh's house. You get it? Uh, <laughs> One of these days, we're going to do a five-star review just about X Factor. Oh, we should do an X Factor review podcast. What would we, what would we call it? <laughs> the Sex Factor. Yeah, probably. I don't know why. Um, you reminded me of a young Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> this was really bang average, and I don't know why or how it had... All the ingredients for uh, the kind of thing we would love. Apparently, you did anyway. Oh, um, yes. 
Rey Mysterio's botch, yeah, we'll talk about that briefly. He springboards off and lands upside down into like what kind of like a tombstone position. But Logan Paul's <laughs> is a tombstone himself. Yeah, he's no one else there. He himself. Logan Paul is a good way further back than Rey Mysterio what expected. Stinks. I don't. But well, this is the thing. Like, I don't know. Was it Logan Paul making up for his own botch because he looked a long way away from Rey and Rey's done that a gazillion times? And then Logan was like, "Well, guess I'm gonna have to Sonic speed my way there." Gets there like he's Nathan. Frazier <laughs> catches him and then lowers him safely to the ground in what, yeah, could have been a disaster, which great. They've averted that. Again, fans were dead. Don't know if the last segment killed it, but like outside, of Logan, outside of Logan Paul's entrance, they didn't really come up for it. They weren't huge into Rey Mysterio. Uh, but whilst this was, I would probably say the weakest Logan Paul match yet. Number one, that is a high bar. And number two, I have as much enthusiasm for you as the finish. So you should recap that for the listeners and we can get even more excited about it on this week's SmackDown preview. And the thing is, you know, my brain's mush right now. Okay. Eric's mm. 12 weeks old this week. Yep. The best. Absolute best. What did he think of Crown Jewel? Uh, he was enjoying his, uh, he started to re- realize that there's things hanging from his moving chair thing now. So yeah. he was captivated by that i love this i love how you can spin that as well it's like uh and we go to eric's corner for this week's collision he <laughs> himself <laughs> so now so now you know what he thinks of that yeah if you ever like sort of you get these uh medications for babies if they're like looking a bit bloated and they haven't gone to the toilet for a bit because they're just not pushing or whatever it is. no issues with that trust me <laughs> just him in front of rampage <laughs> um but yeah because of that i'll remember like I remember two or three things from every match. Yeah. Like, it could be the best match ever, and I remember two or three things. If I'll remember him saving Ray's life. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that goddamn moonsault fall away slam. Yeah, that was pretty great. Oh, my God. He's a... Uh, He's a big old fan of Hangman Page, isn't he? Look, but it's like, I was going to say, is he taking notes? He's not. He's just taking moves. Mm. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do it better, actually. Uh, there was a super code red in there, I think, from yeah. Ray Mysterio. Um, and then the other th- the third thing I remember is the ending because oh my God. I don't know how much Michael Avalon and I have to bang on about this LWO storyline being one of the best things that they're low-key doing. Oh, yeah, they're cooking. But some bloke shows up. It's a SummerSlam guy. Remember him? Was it? From the Ricochet match. Okay. Like, he's not one of the two lads from Impulsive, is it? But they didn't name the guy the last time. He's just he's got these array of like faceless sidekicks yeah. that are always on hand to keep the man in his prime, I guess. He shows up. He does ambient sneaky. <laughs> Pop me straight away. Yeah. Playing fucking Splinter Cell or something, right? He gets the brass knucks to Logan Paul, and you're like, oh no, he's going to cheat to win. But Ray posts Logan, and mm-hmm. in doing so, the brass knucks fall off, right? They don't need to go back in the ring then. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. The sneaky guy's being sneaky again. He's going to go and get it. Mm-hmm. Who comes to Ray's rescue but perennial good guy? Yep. Santos Escobar. Well, this is perfect. I can see no way in which this goes wrong for Ray now. He picks them up. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah. Nana. We're not going to be using them. And he just, just pops them down. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't put them in his pocket, Will. No, no, no. no, no. Ah, he doesn't throw them in at the crowd. No. He doesn't de- de- dangerous. He ah. doesn't definitely dispose of them in order so that Ray Mysterio can't. He off the ground and says, you won't be using them. Right. And, uh, uh, this is going to weigh me down because I'm going to chase you off. <laughs> of course, yeah. Pops him down on the ring apron, chases the bloke off. Hmm. Uh, in the midst of all this, uh, Ray Mysterio hits a 619. 
But whilst that's been happening, whilst he's been dropped on those ropes, he's gone, oh, brass knucks here. <laughs> Take them, Max. Picks them up, puts them on, and uh, as uh, Rey Mysterio is dropping the dime, yep. I believe it's called. <laughs> that's right. I can't remember if it's that the one or, that's the one or the other one. <laughs> anyway. It sounded funny, though. So. Yeah. He gets nailed in the head by Logan Paul with the brass knucks. One, two, three. Logan Paul is the United States champion. Great finish. Oh, yeah. Great finish. Right result. Uh, they'll What's send. Gonna, I want to get. Why isn't it Friday so we can spend three hours <laughs> talking about all the SmackDown stuff that happened on this premium live event? And if uh, anybody missed my uh, SmackDown catchphrase, tune in on Friday's premium. Oh. More of that. Won't, won't do it today. Save the, uh, save the good stuff oh, for you. Yeah. Uh, We've already had the mid roll, like, there's no point. In well, it. yeah, what are you having them holding on for? Preview it early, drop it right at the end. It's available on social media. Yeah, you can find it. <laughs> Stay tuned, end of the week. Uh, aye, good stuff for the story. Good stuff for the story, this. Just, I'm so excited to see Ray being like, Santos, you got on that one. Yeah. Santos being like, you kidding me with that one? I want Ray to have a mask with a hole in it from where it got cut by the brass knuckles. And then when Santos does eventually turn, with an electric chair on the ramp. He goes, like, rip the mask away because it was the one that he gave him when they first had that meeting in the locker room, Law. Oh, God, that Eddie Guerrero promo he's holding up. Yeah, yeah. It's as if he's, like, holding Ray's head. Anyway, next up, WWE Women's Championship match, EO Sky versus Bianca Belair, like you said. The better women match Mm. on this show, not given the respect it deserves, in my opinion. Ice cold in the building, this. But um, great work between the two of them. Good story, obviously. Uh, Bianca Belair is out for revenge. Io Sky knows that Bianca Belair has just got over from an injured knee. So early on in the match, she targets that. with even with a drop kick to the knee whilst Bianca's in a tree of woe. Ugh. Lovely, that. Fantastic. There was loads of stuff like that. Really good chemistry together, these two. Usual sort of tug of war with Bianca Belair's hair. That pulls Io Sky into the post. Then Bailey shows up. Um, there's a uh, Io Sky moonsault to the outside onto Bianca in amongst all this. Uh... Bianca goes for a pin. Bailey distracts the ref. Io accidentally hits Bailey on the outside. Great that because she took a long, lingering stare at Bailey, and it was it was withering. Like she, they'd said that Bailey, like Io, didn't necessarily want Bailey out there. She yeah. was reacting like, oh, "I'm like not. I didn't really ask for this. I'm not glad you're here as such." And then when she hit her by accident, there was there was no shred of remorse. Uh, well, and as we'd soon learn why. Mm. Uh, uh, Bianca tries to get back in the ring. Bailey kind of stops her. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, there's another attack. It's Kyrie Sane. Oh she's here. She's back. She knees Bianca into the post. Yeah. Bianca Belair's out. She looks like she's going to get counted out at mm-hmm. one point. She just makes it back in the ring before the 10. But in rolling back in, she's in perfect position for an EO Sky moonsault. One, two, three. EO Sky retains. And there's a look on Bailey's face of like, we did it, mm-hmm. but I, I had no idea this was going to happen. And what's happening from here? Because EO Sky seemed far happier to see Kyrie Sane there at ringside than Bailey. Yeah. Um, really nicely done. I was with you. I was watching for that 10 count and Bianca getting counted out and then to roll back in straight into the moonsault. Splat. Really great stuff. Uh, yeah. The fans never really took to the match, nor did they particularly take to the return of Kyrie Sane, but I feel like that'll be, uh, that'll be forgotten yeah. by SmackDown. Um, yeah, the cameras were lingering on Bailey's shock that Kari was there. She obviously had no idea. They reminded you, helpfully, that Bailey was one of the like people that ran Kari yes. out of WWE, which was a really nice touch, you know, because as we've talked about before, Triple H can he has a benefit of when it comes to like 
reintroducing characters or bringing in new characters, he has the benefit of the prior regime being <laughs> so awful yeah. that he can just be like, yeah, sorry about that, this is better. And you're like, my God, it's better by leaps and bounds, by orders of magnitude, because it's just not absolute trash. <laughs> but it's harder as a result for him to try and make things make sense from a continuity point of view. So this could be quite impressive. <laughs> Kyrie, I wouldn't have booked Kyrie to just come in and God, like that elbow of hers, by the way, top right. Oh now. yeah, and just reform unofficially, I guess, the Sky Pirates on a first night. But it absolutely does make sense with using Bailey. And finally, they might have just landed on how to pull off this damage Kataral split because the constant will they won't they was like it was getting so messy and muddy that you couldn't even really see who the baby face was. Mm. But Bailey being ousted from her own group by a far nastier, superior pairing such as Kyrie and Eo Sky, and there are rumours this group is going to get even bigger. That might be the way to go, because I had a little bit of sympathy for Bailey here. Mm. Despite her being the cheating heel, I sort of thought, oh, she's going to get kicked out of her own group here. There might be something to this. So again, I don't think it necessarily played out that that well. Um on the PLE, but I have no doubt that this will feel very, very hot on Friday SmackDown. That just reminded me as well, because we've booked them to split, obviously, Bailey to turn back babyface. Yes. <laughs> Did you see Brian's? Yes. <laughs> it's me as a Bailey buddy. Well, uh, Brian, who did our Teletubbies bloodline, mm-hmm. did he not? We've also had uh, me as a hamster. Thanks very much. Uh, SmackDown preview. Get on it. Yeah. Get on it. We sometimes talk about SmackDown. Catchphrase explains it. Brian Weddig. Is that right? I think Brian gave us the proper pronunciation of his surname, and we both forgot it. Oh, it's pronounced with a short E, like there's another D. Weddig. Weddig. Brian Weddig. Good work. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, he looks great as a Bailey buddy. A Will Borny buddy. Cody versus... Wacky wave, wacky Willborn arm flail and inflatable tube man. Indeed. I don't know. Cody versus Damian Priest came next. A really tiring weekend. Uh, wrestling show on at 7 o'clock at night, and I'm coming into work more tired than a Thursday when I've stayed yeah. up to 1 o'clock to watch Dynamite. Play it like parents are. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted, but that's due to my uh, all-night partying last night because Chesterfield beat Pompey. hey play up Pompey or just get Really, oh, they were three missiles down when they came to the stadium. Like, uh, uh, there was, it was a big League One game because there were two Ooh. teams that shouldn't be where they were. And... Uh, would like hoist stuff down the home fans. I don't like it. I got no problem with Portsmouth. I had, I had a mate at uni who supported Portsmouth. He said, like, University of Sunderland, shout out Mel, you're not listening. He used to drive down at three in the morning to make it back to Fratton Park from Sunderland to Portsmouth. Wow. The length and breadth of the country. Like, leaving the morning on her, she would go, like, we'd, we worked together at a nightclub. So she'd leave at, like, three in the morning, drive down, presumably breaking all sorts of speed laws, mm-hmm. be there for three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Well, I assume, you know, Cody Rhodes, to get this back on track, can take inspiration from uh, Chesterfield because, of course, Roman's on this insane run and Portsmouth were on an insane run. <laughs> uh, Chesterfield became the first team to beat Portsmouth in 90 minutes in 230. Nice. Nice. That is incredible. What a streak. Like, what an impressive... March last time they lost. Wow. Good work. That must feel nice. Unbelievable. Can you imagine the scenes at Leangate Valves? Scene gate valves, more like. It was insane. What did Eric think of that? 
her, I, I had him on my lap when we scored, and it was the most. I think I almost gave myself a hernia. Yeah, because I wanted to explode. Uh-huh. And you, uh, but I have a small child in my arms. He's got a last-minute winner in a derby, and I couldn't wake up. Sleeping child next to me, and my whole body's going. <laughs> I'm just like keeping it all in. Go out in the garden when I've got a chance to just scream. Oh. Shout out to Lee Pickering, by the way, of Linkgate Valves. Yeah. Friend of the show. Thank you, Lee. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Cody versus uh, Damien. Yeah. Priest jumps Cody as soon as he gets in the ring. Uh, he takes over because Cody fights back. Cody tweaks the ankle, of course. He's not 100% despite his insistence that he was. Uh, there was a reckoning on the announce mm. table. That was tasty. Tasty. Um, back in the ring, Cody counted a second reckoning with a crossroads. Uh, Finn Balor, of course, comes down. Uh, JD McDonough gets chinned by Rosen <laughs> amongst all this. Uh, but that allows Priest to hit South of Heaven choke slam, kick out by Cody Rhodes. Don comes down with a chair, but then Jey Uso's there to save his buddy. Super kicks all three of the Judgment Day lads who aren't supposed to be there. Cody takes over. Super Cody Cutter got two uh, and three crossroads. That's probably should have done at WrestleMania <laughs> 39. Gets the three count. Oh my God. Yeah, I'd have loved it if it was on Raw. I loved it just as much here. It was a War Games primer, this, wasn't it? You were seeing again the, the Judgment Day in full force, trying to once and for all stop Cody not being able to do it. I like just watching the basics done at their very, very best. And I think that's my favourite thing about the Cody Rose WWE run. You know, he there are a few wrestlers maybe ever that have mastered the basics of being a WWE top babyface with such panache. John Cena had all the, like, charisma, but sometimes the matches absolutely stunk. Like, Steve Austin had to kind of rip up the rule book of how to do it, The Rock, like, following that exact path. And then you have Hulk Hogan, who was obviously perfect for what WWE wanted as their top babyface. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, he changed what it was to be a Bob Backlund or a Bruno Sammartino and you had to become bigger than life. And I know that the man has like a lifetime of like hip problems for falling on his ass every night and that leg drop, but you just weren't, it was never about the work. No, No, that's not true. It was never about the moves. Hogan, Hogan was an incredible worker, but it was never about the moves. Cody is like packaging all of it. Like he kind of, he just, he is the replacement John Cena that Roman Reigns could never be. He is this Americana draped in the flag, mm. Hulk Hogan figure. He's got the grit and the fire of Steve Austin and The Rock. Like, he's everything. <laughs> I just, I marvel at the guy. Like, I don't believe as much that, like, Cody did see Dusty hold the belt as a boy and think, I've got to do that when I'm older. He's just really smart. Like, one day he'll go back to AEW and then the story will be, like, I knew that when I couldn't win that title, like, what was I going to do here? Mm. There'll be some sort of story. This new story has got to finish, right? Work is going to work. But right now, I believe that he has spent every waking moment of his life figuring out how to become every WWE main event at all at the same time, literally when he was forming AEW. Like, that's how in I am on Project Cody. And I just... That's why these matches are so good. Yep. That's why, if you're in, that's why the Raw matches are better. That's why the Jey Uso tag stuff was so captivating. He's a special, special talent, and I l- just love getting to see him. And, you know, if I'm going to be critical, I don't think they leaned on the ankle that much. Yeah. Like, there wasn't enough for my liking. But as soon as you get into the, the nitty-gritty and there's eight guys down there, it's like, how is Cody going to get out of this? Here's how. And he just goes and does it. Magic. Vindicating the WrestleMania 39 decision, some might say. Absolutely not, but it was great to see him winning back-to-back with the main event and just being like, everybody knows where everybody is. 
Let's get there. Let's less, get less than six months. How have they done this? Let's get to Philadelphia. Because I'll be honest, immediate aftermath, I thought, well, it has to go down at SummerSlam, otherwise this is dead in the water. Yeah. But they've done it. On we moved. And that tweet, oh, got another E on it. On we moved to XL. Most highly anticipated tweet of mine since <laughs> Aesop get the fables. Ah, oh. Like, Loki good. I find out John Cena follows me, by the way, on Twitter. Yeah, me too, weekend. yeah. They just listen. I know he follows everyone, but I, I, I'll i swear when everyone else used to say that, I'd look and I'd go, oh. oh. Maybe he's heard about the Aesop Get the Fables tweet. It's that, or the YouTube channel launching, I think. Or, I've realised what it is. Paul Heyman. <laughs> More like Paul Grayman. <laughs> that's what did it, that's what he that went. Was, that was the one. He looked at that tweet and he said, random ginger YouTuber I've never heard of. Hey, 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 hey. You are right. It's uh, it's because we moved to YouTube, isn't it? Where you can subscribe whenever you want. What? Because you can see us. Uh, uh, as as, uh, that's, that's why he's picked us now. Raw review coming tomorrow. More good stuff like that. <laughs> Cash race coming on Friday. Don't Cash forget. race. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. And then it was main event time. It was the highly anticipated match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defending against. Or as Roman Reigns put it mid-match, I literally, first note I wrote, Roman mocks LA Knight's gestures. It's unbelievable. That was unbelievable. He was yet again sensational, and I get it, it was a Roman title defense, Mm -hmm. particularly a Roman-Saudi title defense of, we'll do some stuff, and then bloodline interview, and I'll win. Yeah. But I loved every second of it. Uh, I think I'm going to use the same take as the women's match. This was the best possible version of itself. I didn't find myself just wanting them to rush to the finish. You know, it was paced well. Mm-hmm. LA Knight was over the, uh, yeah, 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 off the back of every single move, especially the, the table. There was a stomp bit in the corner. Yeah, the one into the table for me, where he just he was doing it to Jimmy, and then Roman tried to get involved, and then he did it just immediately, like, seamlessly switched to Roman, and just say, yeah, 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 really great. Uh, what did I think of this? It I'll, was. Run, I'll run through it. Right? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Roman got into trouble early on, and Heyman did the distraction, which I always like because it always feels like Paul Heyman normally just stands out there, and he's suddenly like, oh, oh, bollocks. <laughs> yeah. My, my cash cow's in real trouble here. <laughs> um, Roman sent uh, LA Knight into the steps. He wanted a count-out victory. I love that. That was nice. I like it. Uh, LA gets back in at seven. Roman just dominates. He argues with the crowd. Like you say, LA Knight's super over. Knight made a comeback with those yeah stomps in the corner. He dodged the Superman punch, hit a neck breaker, went to do his yeah elbow, uh, but gets hit with a Superman punch by Roman. That gets a two count. He sets up for the spear, does Reigns. Knight le- leapt, <laughs> leapfrogged a spear, hit that awesome superplex spot of his, uh, and the yeah elbow. That got a two count. And it looks like he's got the match won. Did he hit the? No, he, that was it. It was in Jimmy the, was Uso in the gets involved. Of the finish, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Uso gets involved after this and goes, "Get out of there, room! You need time to recover." So LA goes after him. Superman punch, spear, kick out from LA Knight. Um, Roman's like, "Bollocks this!" Then puts him in the guillotine choke. LA Knight says, "Nana," favorite new thing. That. Yeah. Uh, hits the BFT. Roman's beat. The, the streak's over. Mm-hmm. The title is changing hands. But Jimmy Uso puts Roman Reigns' foot on the bottom rope. <sighs> LA Knight's fizzing at this point. He rolls out. He puts Jimmy through the announce table, but he has barely gotten up off his feet. The timing on this was immaculate. He just turns around, gets 
speared through the barricade, hoid back in the bite Roman Reigns, second spear in the ring, one, two, three, my tribal chief remains undefeated world champion, best in the world. The That's the best barricade spot in a while. Because the timing, as you well point out, oh. was fantastic. Oh my God. He didn't have time to collect himself. He didn't have time to think about where he was. Moreover, we didn't have time to think about where he was, which is why for a change, the spot that happens in every single big match yeah. was actually a surprise. Like, So that's impressive. So um, what happened, I think it was uh, Lashley and Lesnar at day one. Yeah. I popped feud for it, and everyone in I was like, oh my God, that threw the barricade. And I was like, it happens in every match. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't anticipate <laughs> this one. Yeah. Uh, I liked the Jimmy Uso rescue, like the oh, second really? one. Oh, really? Because Jimmy Uso, well, you he, said him. He popped up and he hid. I quite enjoyed that. Like, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, oof, I think I'm coming down with something because uh, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of sick, sick and tired of being right all the time. <laughs> CM Punk's coming back in the Survivor Series. Oh God! If I uh, give him the podcast the year award or something, that we would never win because we. Can't afford to enter those contests that you buy. You simp for him, even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that podcast awards. If you let us come for free and actually yeah. we don't need to pay a fortune to get in the categories, we, should we just lie? Should we just put one of them tags on the podcast cover sheet? Like, hey, nominate, like make up our own awards. We, do, we did it on WrestleCulture. We are the WrestleCulture's award winning. Right, so. It's like, which award? <laughs> there we go. So, like, I'm here by awarding SmackDown Preview. The best catchphrase of 2023. <laughs> I just said it. Uh, Somebody can slap it on the logo for this Friday's preview. Great, sorted. I, um, this match was kind of like that in a way because they just told you that LA Knight was this fabulous wrestler that could beat Roman Reigns. Yeah. And for a little while, you were like, all right, maybe he will. Uh, like, At I didn't. BFT, I was like, he's got it. Uh, well, here's the thing there's a middle ground between absolutely no way, no chance, not a cat in hell's chance, and, oh, Jesus Christ, has won the belt. There's a middle ground there, and I think that's where this match had me. Mm. Because I never really bought LA Knight defeating Roman Reigns, but I don't think WWE asked you to buy it. I think the trick here was in watching LA Knight hang in the biggest spot, uh-huh. and that was effective. I said to you, I think it was the preview for Friday SmackDown, along with an excellent catchphrase, that <laughs> what exactly was the fate of LA Knight after... After all of this, like, where's his ceiling? How mm-hmm. how does a character like that recover from a defeat against Roman Reigns? And I will say, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. Yes. I didn't send, like, not just because he's been screwed, but in the sense that an LA Knight can be braggadocious and confident and bold enough to say, hmm, right, I lost that night. And a little bit of it's on me. Cody took it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think about the bloodline. I'm not watching all my angles, head on a swivel, all that. I'll win the Rumble then. Like, I'm going to help do the right thing at war games, and then I guess I'll go and win the Rumble. And I don't think he will, but I think he can make a very strong case for it on the night. He's going to be part of this unbelievable supergroup at Survivor Series. I think that's a very choice turn of phrase you've used there, considering how controversial said supergroups are. And the aid, like... It's because they don't do it every week. There's that's a babyface squad for the ages being formed. Oh, potentially my God. do war games. And yeah, I'd like to see him prominent spot in the rumble. And then who throws him out? Logan Paul. It's looking like the match, isn't it? It's looking like the one. You know what? WWE used to be like, there's 12 main events. There might be 12 main <laughs> events at WrestleMania next year. Yeah. It's going to be good. They protected him. Yeah, perfect. I'd like you say with this finish. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and Roman Reigns can go off, get his knob out on the island of relevancy until January or whatever it is. Apparently so. That's him. That's... But it's okay because they've got Jimmy Uso in his place and he... It's just perfect in this role of like, I think I'm the tribal chief now, actually. When Tony Khan's big announcement was it, well, it's first November's holiday start right now. 
Was he just speaking specifically of Roman Reigns? <laughs> well, Tony said it. Tribal, tribal Chief's holding it now, so get your tree up. Get your dick out. <laughs> That's all it is. Get your baubles out. Tree up, dick out, and watch for the shoe. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, really enjoyed Crown Jewel, despite, obviously, with all the caveats that have to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's out of the way, let's concentrate on Survivor Series. Yeah. Live stream. Uh, Plug and promise that, can't we? You know, um, some people think that it's a real chore um, doing these live streams because of the time difference and what have you. But I think genuinely, a lot of people in that office are uh, jelly. There you go. There's a little subtle tease. Get eat jelly on a f***ing live stream. No hands. Join us. See how Punk's going to be there. Oh, Either on our live stream or at Survivor Series, yeah. I promise. Yeah, that's how we know that he's not working Survivor Series because we've got the plane tickets. Yeah. We've uh, stacked <laughs> us up. We've let Ebu know because he's always in the know with yeah, this sort yeah. of thing. Punk is going to be doing Survivor Series. Watch the, the live stream. Watch the What Culture. Watch the What Culture stream. Tony D'Airways is going to be laying out the... Uh, hey, hey, hey. Von Cord. Von Cord, excuse me, yeah, because it's quicker. Yeah. Yeah, we've upgraded. What What of those fleet of Tony D planes that we paid a fortune for, then, if he's just coming across on Von Cord? I think now? he's uh, he's just utilising that as part of his wider business now. Right. Okay, yeah. He's just... He's done us, basically. Yeah. We've paid for that, and he's gone, thank you very much, I'll use that elsewhere. Serves us right for dealing with a legitimate businessman. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah... Uh, we'll look forward to Survivor Series on the Raw Preview coming your way mm. later on today, as well as that, the AW Collision review in a bit. But let us know your thoughts on Crown Jewel and X at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hanfler at... Michael Hanfler. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. And the What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel will have that AEW review. Uh, it's the state of AEW, mm. basically, coming your way later on today. If you want to just listen to the audio version, it's available right now, though. But for now, this has been the Crown Jewel Review. My thanks to Michael Hanfler. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.